Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein, hoping to have some fun uh, career news to announce there soon. Uh, you can find me, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show if if you want to sponsor it by uh, going to catchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. So we got some basketball, we got some hockey, we got some fighting to close out the show today. We're going to start with the NBA as we are just a couple hours away from game five of the NBA finals. And still, it is tough to fully comprehend the greatness that we saw in game four from Steph Curry. He was, that that might have been one of the most like takeover dominant controlling everything, hop on my back, boys, we got this games from a perimeter shooter that we have ever seen. And Steph is more than just a perimeter shooter, but, you know, I mean, that's kind of the big thing on it, you know? Um, it, it was it, it was remarkable. It, it was just there was this air of inevitability in that fourth quarter when he was able to, to step it up. And it, if, if anyone even dreams of criticizing Steph Curry or say he can't carry a team, you better wake up and apologize because this dude was on just simply another level. And this series, without him, like, obviously there's... I mean, we, we haven't had a ton of close games in this series. But without Steph, I think this series is probably over. And that has raised the question for a number of people. Can you win the MVP of the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals of the World Series or the Super Bowl. Super Bowl will be a little bit tough. But can you win the MVP of a series that you do not win? And I I tend to think we get the MVP conversation wrong a lot. Like, I, I, I think we kind of suck at having these conversations sometimes because... Like, for the, play the playoffs, for example, um, in baseball. Well, it, how could Mike Trout win the MVP? His team didn't make the playoffs. As if, like, any time his team lost, he did nothing of value. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, they lost 10-5, to 5 and he had three home runs, but it sucks that none of that mattered. Like, it's... With Steph Curry, no one has been better than him in this series. And if there is no Steph Curry, the series is already over. Who is that way on Boston right now? You would think going into the series, it's Tatum. It's not. Jalen Brown? Kinda? Um, like the closest, honestly, I, I would think to an MVP candidate on Boston side is Al Horford and he had an off game in game four. So I, I understand that, oh, we're handing out participation trophies. No, no, Steph Curry has been that good. He's averaging like a thousand points a game in this series. He has clearly been the best player in this series. He's probably been the best player in these playoffs. So I, well, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I'm not going to put up a big stink about it, but I think it's really weird that th this conversation happens over and over and over and over and over again, as if anything you do that happens to be in a losing effort just provided no value at all. It's just, oh, you, you lost the game by one? Well, gone, nothing. You accomplished zero with your life. Sucks to suck. And I, I tend to be a, like, I, I know... I write against the, if you're not first, you're last with teams a lot. I tend to think that way sometimes when it comes to games, but I mean, it's gotten ridiculous with, with this conversation. And again, it's probably going to end up like Tatum will have two more big games, Boston will win, and Tatum will get MVP. Or Steph Curry's going to have two more big games and it's not going to matter. He's going to be the MVP anyway. But it, it's been remarkable to watch what they have been able to do. And on the Golden State side, it 
man, you, you have to, you have to be very comfortable with your team and with the group that you have to make some of the moves that Steve Kerr has made specifically with Draymond Green, benching him, um, at the tail end of game four, and then they get back in it. That had to be a bit of a, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. It, so it, it, it might be, is it me? It might be me. And I'm not saying they're lose anytime they lose it's because of Draymond Green, but when this team needs offense, Draymond Green is a liability. Looney can provide more offense down low. And like, I think Draymond might be in his head about it a little bit. And I think people say, oh, well, it must be the podcast. As if these guys, as if no one in the NBA has ever had anything going on outside of the basketball court. These guys just go out, play basketball, hop into some form of a chamber and just slumber for 48 to 72 hours before their next game. And then they, the, the airlock seal goes and mist flies everywhere. And I am ready to basketball again. No, these, all these motherfuckers are doing stuff all over the place. You're telling me because Draymond goes home and talks about the game on a podcast that, that come on. Come on. That's the stupidest fucking thing. And I, I do think part of it is that there is some people in media who are like, ooh, we don't really want these guys to be controlling this as much. You know, like with the, the Players' Tribune. It's like, oh, we want the, the players controlling their own narrative now. It's like, I don't know, maybe. If we're good enough, it's not going to matter to you. Um, so I, I just, I think it's so funny when people start talking about that sort of thing. Oh, Draymond has a podcast. Yeah, these guys talk shit all the time. He's just doing it into a microphone. You, you think he's uploading his thing onto to Red Circle or whatever after the thing. No, he's got producers and shit. Like, I, I think Draymond's going to be fine um, in terms of, like, focusing on podcasting and basketball. I think it's just he's in his head a little bit, and I, I think the way Boston is defending him is getting to him a little bit as well. But uh, honestly, they need a little bit more out of him. They've got more out of Clay. They need someone else to step up. In Game 4, while Steph Curry was being insane... Andrew Wiggins was also that guy to step up. And we've seen, commonly, in the two wins, Wiggins has been a big part of it. Clay has been a bit of a part of it. In the two losses, it's kind of only been Steph. So that shows Golden State, while Steph has been dominant, Golden State does need these other guys to step up. For Boston, they have almost the opposite problem. Some of the other guys are playing fine. Like Marcus Smart hasn't missed an open three that he has hated uh, in his life. He also, in this series, hasn't met an open three that he's made in this series. But I, I think that can bounce back. He's been fine. Horford's been good. Brown's been good. Robert Williams, when he's been able to walk, has been good. Like, they've, they've got production from some of their other depth guys. They need Jason Tatum to be that guy. And I get he's 24, 25 years old. We're asking a lot of this dude. But... That's kind of the point now, man. Like, that this is, you, you have got your team to this point. You beat Kevin Durant. You beat Giannis. You beat the number one seed to get to the NBA Finals. We, we, we don't get to just treat you with the, oh, he's young. You, you have reached that other echelon now, or the upper echelon, as people would actually call it. You have reached this other level now. Can you get that one more? Can you get that, talking about Kobe, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but talking about Kobe, can you get to that Kobe level? Can you get to that, look, man, we got we got to win one road game and one home game to win the NBA Finals. Hop on, boys. This game five is huge. Boston comes away with a win in this one. 
you're telling me that Boston's going to go one and two in this series on home court? I just don't see it. This is a massive game, and this would be such a huge game for Tatum to step up and take that spotlight and take that mantle as one of the next guys. He is already there. I, I don't I don't mean for this to come across like if, if Boston goes on to lose this series and Tatum only averages like 22 and a half in the next couple of games that all of a sudden, oh man, you know what? Maybe he and CJ McCollum are the same. It's not that, but can we get, or can Tatum get to that next level now? And if he can't, can Boston get there themselves, right? Like, can is Brown enough? And this is an interesting series for Brown, too, right? Because, like, th- there was some talk about, like, who is the guy? Is it is Tatum the one? Is Brown the two? Is it 1A, 1B? Is Brown the one and Tatum the two? That one's ridiculous. That That's just no. Obviously, Tatum is A1, and he is the 1A. But for a while, Brown wanted to be that dude. And you kind of have the chance to be that dude now. So go out and be that dude. It's just, it's, it's tough to talk about what Boston can do differently when Steph Curry is just going to not miss, you know, like they, they defended him well and he just didn't miss shots. And that's, that, that's kind of what the series has been about in game one. I thought Golden State played okay. I thought they got a little, um, deer on the headlights in the tail end of game one, but for the most part in game one, it was just, oh yeah, Boston went on a run where they didn't miss for like five minutes and they won the game. Game two, same thing. Boston, I thought, played okay. And then Golden State in the third quarter just wasn't missing anything. And then, like, it, it just, it's kind of gone back and forth that way where the team that wins just has a stretch where they don't miss for, like, six minutes and the game's over. And so it's it's tough to really go, hey, you know what you need to do? Just assault Steph Curry and hope that he doesn't get any shots away. And you'll be fine. So it's... It's been such a fun series. I have no idea. We are three games away from this series officially being over, and I have no idea what's going to happen. And it is so much fun to have that in a series. We are a couple of days away from the start of the Stanley Cup final. We know who are going to be participating now, as Tampa Bay will be taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Our focus today will be on the Eastern Conference final. We'll do a bit more of a Stanley Cup preview coming up on Wednesday. Should note, uh, Game Over. I was on Game Over Calgary at the tail end of the regular season and then into the playoffs. We're going to be doing Game Over Stanley Cup um, after every game of the Stanley Cup Final. I'm going to be on some of them. It's going to be the the roving cast from Game Over going to be on breaking down the Stanley Cup Final, so watch out for that. But the moral of the story in the Eastern Conference Final is Tampa Bay is just too good, man. Like, I was surprised at how many people thought going into, I guess it would have been game five, that, oh, hey, look, the Rangers have home ice here. Like, you think you think the Rangers are going to gonna stumble? Like, if the series is tied at two, but the Rangers are fine. They have home ice in game five and seven. You think Tampa Bay cares? No. I get it wasn't, like, full capacity because of COVID at the time. They went into Montreal and won the Stanley Cup, all right? They, they went into Toronto in Game 7. That place was going nuts and won that series. This team, you cannot throw anything at this team that they haven't seen before. Aside from Con- um, uh, Nate McKinnon, and we'll get to that in a little bit. I was going to say Conrick David. He's got his own shit going on, which... I, part of me wants to criticize the attention that's being placed to it because I don't particularly care. I, I, I'm not stoked that people may or may not be cheating on significant others, but it's probably not going to be part of my scouting report on Connor McDavid on my notes here. But at the same time, I, I, forever, I'm like, hey man, NHL players, like you need to have a personality. You need to like the part of the NHL, part of what makes these other sports so big is people like get invested in these people as human beings. This is part of it. So there you go. Weird Connor McDavid, um, tangent, I guess. 
the more the, the main thing I'm taking away from Tampa Bay and how good they were is how good this series is going to be. This cup final is going to be a blast. I cannot wait for Wednesday. I wish the game was tonight and uh, that that would make me mad because it's going up against the NBA Finals game that I can't wait for. But I just, I want to see what this looks like. It seems like it has felt like for the last couple of years that these two were supposed to be together. That this was the series we were supposed to get for the last couple of seasons. Or Vegas on the other side as well. But Tampa Bay against one of these juggernauts. And now each time, it's been Tampa Bay against Dallas, which is fine, but a little bit underwhelming. Tampa Bay against Montreal. Not necessarily a Stanley Cup final anyone's going to predict ever again. For obvious reasons. But it, it's also not the marquee one we were hoping for. This is... Two of the best, in my opinion, built teams finally getting to square off. One team already with the proof of concept, the other desperately craving it. And I cannot wait to see what comes of it. But like I said, more of a preview coming up on Wednesday. As for the other side of the Eastern Conference Finals, some would say the losing side. The New York Rangers are coming up on an important offseason. And we said of this going into the weekend. It is great to say, oh, this team's a year early. This team's young. They'll be back. Ask the Leafs how that's gone. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, for playoff debut series. He gets he scores goals and he's winning games and he's winning series and then he's not. But hey, look, this team is building something. Eh, or they're not. History is filled with young teams that were building something and look, they're going to get back there. And then they don't. This is a really, really hard thing to do. There were four teams left playing hockey and you were one of them. That th those opportunities do not come around all that often. It, it would it would be perfect symmetry to kind of put a bow on this whole thing where Tampa Bay their real breakout was beating that Rangers team that had just gone to the Cup final um, in 2015 and kind of starting this new era of this Tampa Bay dynasty. It'd be fun if the Rangers could circle back around, knock Tampa Bay off, and s kind of begin their own ascent. That didn't happen, obviously. But that doesn't mean they can't, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be given to them. This is an important offseason because now you have to build off of this. And they're in a decent spot to build off of it. I hated the offseason they had last year. It seems to have worked out fine. This team needs a number two center. Strom was fine when Panarin was with him for a little bit, but it's, it's clear he alone is not a number two center. They need to get that spot figured out whether it's moving him out or whatever that they need a, a legitimate number two center because there was just there was too many times where Strom kind of seemed overwhelmed by the moment and I, I think the Rangers as much as I'm cautioning about oh well yeah, just a year just a year too early they'll be back as much as I caution against that I do also want to state this team isn't that far away if if Kako can take another step, if Lafreniere can take another step, um, Hedl potentially taking another step, because he didn't have a great regular season, he just had a couple of moments in the playoffs. If he can take another step, and they can get another dude down the middle, this team's going to be interesting. I, I um, apologize, I didn't look at their cap situation coming in, but if they could manage a way to get like a Nazem Kadri or something, then oh boy, watch out for this team. I, I really think they're just that piece away. The problem is, how many teams out there are saying, ah, you know what, we probably don't need another top six center. Don't worry about it. Like that, that's kind of, it's like starting pitching in baseball. It's like, you know what, this team needs pitching depth. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'm just going to tell you right now, the trade deadline's a month and a half away. That's going to come up a lot when we're talking about baseball's trade deadline. But 
look, the, the playoffs have been excellent in the NHL. I think they've been far superior to that in the NBA, and now we are setting up for an all-time great Stanley Cup final. want to close the show today with Ioanni and Jacek, a great, great, great mixed martial arts career, um, apparently coming to an end as she takes her gloves off after getting hit in the face with one from the other person in, uh, I was going to say the Knights Coman event, it was third from the top, um, as Zhang Weili knocks her out in the rematch of one of the greatest fights in the history of people punching each other in the face. But the, the real thing for me, a couple of things with Joanna. I, I guess we'll start with the slightly more negative one first. Joanna Jacek was on top of the world, winning the strawweight championship uh, from Carla Esparza after beating Claudia Gadelia. She goes on, beats Jessica Penne, beats Valerie Letourneau, beats Gadelia Gude- uh, again, beats Carolina Kovalkiewicz, and beats Jessica Andrade. When she started her run at strawweight, um, she was the win putter at 8-0. and She got to 14-0, and defending those championships, taking everyone's best shot. And then she lost once and she is now closing with a record of 16 and 5 and there there's no gimmies in this stretch to be fair um but she is closing her career potentially on a 2 and 5 run which doesn't seem fair but it just shows cuz she was she was unbeatable right like the the hand speed the technique the footwork everything about her was perfection in the stand up game in mixed martial arts until it wasn't and it's it's just the th- it's a note that we need to get um, that we kind of need to I, sometimes we forget I guess is what I'm trying to say, and it's one that someone who is on this list has had to deal with and has come back from, but now has to come back from it again, and that's Rose Namajunas. So Joanna loses to Rose twice, beats Tisha Torres here in Calgary, loses to Valentina Shevchenko, which might have been a bit flying too close to the sun. Uh, beats Michelle Watterson and then back-to-back losses to Zhang Weili. Uh, one for the strawweight championship, one wasn't. Man, she had a two-year layoff in between those fights. Well, that was a pretty wild fight. But the thing that uh, I think we, we have seen throughout martial mixed martial arts, once you get to that pinnacle and you get knocked down, it very rarely comes back up again. Like, once that run is over, it just, it seems to end. And Ioana seemed like she could be immune to it because of the skill set that she has. And she just wasn't. And I'm not saying that she, like, quit working hard or anything like that. Sometimes, like, Father Time's undefeated. We've heard that one uh, a couple of times before. But, like, sometimes the sport catches up to you. I think that that's definitely what happened with Ronda Rousey. And sometimes it's just, it's it's your time. Um, She's put a lot of a lot of minutes on tape for people to study. Whatever the case may be, once you get knocked off that mountaintop, it is very difficult to come back up. But we cannot forget the time that she spent on top of that mountain. She wins the championship in 2015 and doesn't relinquish it until November of 2017. And like I said, that this was a growing division, but two wins against Claudia Gadelia, uh, a win against Carla Esparza, Jessica Penne, Jessica Andrade, Carolina Kovacavich, Valerie Letourneau. These are real names. We need to recognize Joanny uh, and Jacek as one of the greats that this sport has seen. And uh, I think, like, Rose Namajunas beat her twice, so Rose probably has the claim to greatest strawweight champion in the history of the UFC. Um, But Joanna needs to be right up there. Like, just a remarkable career, and someone who I think did a lot for women's strawweight. 
um, she kind of came onto the scene right after the reality show. There's a bit of momentum on this. And then she just starts murking fools who are on that reality show. And it just, we need to remember because it's, we've forgotten about it with Rhonda. It's, Rhonda is an easy person to make fun of because she takes things so fucking seriously. But we... I think forget because of how easily she was dispatched in her last couple of fights, how dominant that felt in the moment. And I don't want the same thing to happen with Yoani and Jacek's career. That's going to do it for the program today. Uh, I'd like to thank the weather for holding off. The reason it's delayed is I kept trying to record and there kept being thunder in the background, which I guess kind of would have been cool, but I was annoyed by it, so I didn't do it. Um, so thank you to the weather for holding off and thank you to you guys. Like I said, I'm hoping to have an announcement that I'm very excited about coming out very soon. Um, and I'm excited that Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is still on board. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Podcast is going to continue, hoping to have some post-game reaction from the NBA Finals up tomorrow, and then the regular show coming up on Wednesday. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to y'all later. I'm out.